with sound. <clears throat> the classic clear my throat before I talk. Um, <clears throat> all right. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Watch With Sound. My name is Josh Landicho, and with me is... Carmela Ocampo. And on today's episode, we'll be doing the new film Triangle of Sadness, directed by Ruben Oslund, starring Harrison Dickinson, Charles B. Dean, Dolly DeLeon, Slatko Purik, Henrik Dorsen, Vicky Berlin, and Woody Harrelson. Now, before we get into the winner of the Palme d'Or, Carmelo, do you want to give your context, your expectations, your preconceived notions, and how you felt before watching the film Triangle of Sadness? I was, um, I think I saw the trailer first and foremost, and then I saw, while I was watching the trailer, I saw the director's name. And I was like, whoa, I saw a movie by the same dude called The Square a couple months ago, and I didn't like it. But the trailer, I very much enjoyed. It was it was pretty funny. I don't know, like, even, like, from the... Sh- it was pretty short, I rem- or I remember it being pretty short and, like, pretty vague. Um, and it gave, like, you a pretty good gist of, like, what the movie was generally going to be about without giving, like anything major away um for example the island i had no idea there was even like gonna be that entire part of the movie so that was cool that that wasn't really spoiled but yeah i so i had like optimistic expectations coming from a place where i'm like oh i didn't like this past director's film but this trailer looks pretty promising so i'm gonna give it a shot kind of thing but yeah other than that like i don't oh Hold on. Tw- the Twitter marketing. Okay, so the Twitter marketing was also something Oh yeah. Yeah, that like yeah, kind of made me way more excited for the movie because I think Neon distributed it and they tweeted like, "Hey, like we're going to give away free Botox like with like this screening or something." And I was like, "Dude, that's that's so sick cuz it had obviously like had a commentary on like, you know, image and beauty, but and then we saw the um did you see the vomit bags like before like going to the screening, right? Yeah, I saw the vomit bags like a week before we were supposed to watch it and I was like, Oh shoot, I gotta send this to the group. So I sent it to the group and then yeah, it was just like interesting to see that level of marketing, especially like kind of tying in the the commentary that the trailer portrayed and like what the movie portrayed. So it was yeah, those two things are really fascinating. Yeah, it like it it was timed well, like, for the screening, because I think we literally saw those things, like, days before we were about to see it, so we were like, yeah, like, that's pretty tight. I'm very impressed. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so good marketing is, is, is like, the conclusion I'm going to go to right now. Uh, but yeah, what about you? So I don't think you had, like, previous context for his movie, so I'm curious, like, what you thought of the trailer. So, it's funny that we talk about marketing, because I feel like the past couple of movies, we kind of like dinged on them for like not having a marketing budget or like what was going on with that. Um, but for this particular movie, I feel like had a large marketing budget. As we said, there's like things that were shown Botox to be given away. Um, and I, oh, I, we, we love, or I think you love it too, but we and <laughs> Sophia love the Alamo. And that's essentially where we go to watch all our movies at this point. We, te- we constantly go there, but 
every time I watch a movie there, they always show this trailer. I've like, it was, it was never. I like, I never didn't see this trailer in a movie that I've watched. Um, and I think I've seen this trailer like AMC or something, like just like offhandedly. Um, and we go to Alamo a lot. We watch a lot of movies, so I I, I thought I was gonna be tired of it just because like I was gonna ask. it was always playing. It was literally always playing. But I gotta give it for like give it to like I guess the director who who makes the trailers whoever makes the trailers <laughs> I gotta give it I gotta give it up to them because like this is like one of my favorite trailers that I've seen in a minute like a trailer in which I'm like I fucking love this trailer and like I love seeing it that's never happened to me I feel like maybe like once or twice but like for me to take note for this trailer was is interesting because every time I'd see I'm always just like oh man <laughs> it's like so good like I just love like the introduction obviously like is the grumpy brand or happy brand h&m balenciaga h&m and then like when it gets to the boat um it sets up the whole idea of like them saying yes all the time and then like uh it slowly spirals within the trailer and not only is it like perfectly portrayed that spiral but also the music was so good and the the effect with the text are so good Mm -hmm. where like the text would kind of rock with the boat or like have an angle in which like it looks crooked but it's just the boat um and i just loved all of it i loved the, the, the music the way it was portrayed the way it was cut too just showing the like the passengers kind of like hopeless and like afraid um i think the only thing that like i had a problem with this trailer which is funny is the the part where they show that there's an island like i wish they didn't show oh, they that, showed like, it man in the trailer you didn't see it i did not see it it, or i don't remember it i didn't well i haven't watched it as many times as you did i saw it maybe like one or two times and like i was like okay cool yeah that's a that's movies coming up but sorry go on (laughs) yeah well i mean from the trailer that i kept seeing it showed like the lady go like this is not good this is not not good and she's obviously like not on a boat that's why, uh, like, I suspected that they weren't on the boat the whole time, that they probably, like, crashed or something. Um, but, yeah, just, like, fantastic trailer, fantastic marketing, we said, Botox, barf bags. Um, and just before coming into this film, I was really, really excited. I think uh, when I first watched the trailer, I was like, shit, that's, that looks really good. And then the times where I kept watching it, I just kept loving it and loving it. And then, of course, the buzz that was going around it, uh, this movie winning Palme d'Or, um... And then, like, when the trailers started rolling for Alamo towards the later, towards the closer of the release, Alamo added a beginning part where it says, Draft House Recommends, or it's like, oh. the Alamo Draft House loves this movie, where, and they showed this trailer every time. I was like, oh, shit. They're kind of hyping this up. So I'm kind of, like, kind of, like, interested now. So my expectations were decently high, and I was really, really excited for this film. And I was actually really, really happy that we saw it early, because... I was, this is like one of the movies of the year that I've like have been really excited for. Um, so expectations high. Love the trailer. Love the marketing, um, and the marketing too also like ramped up for my expectations too. Like mm-hmm. the fact that they have this incredibly smart marketing tactics and incredibly smart marketing material. I'm just like, damn, this is impressive. The ha- this has to reflect on you know the writing of the film, whatever, whatever. Um, but yeah, high exchange for myself. Um, winner of the Palme d'Or. Um, well, yeah, so I guess with that, this is the part where I tell you that we're going to get into spoilers. We're going to get to the actual film. So if you haven't watched the movie yet, pause the episode right, ne- right here. Go watch the movie. Come back. If you want to spoil it for yourself for the reason, go right ahead. I recommend that you do not personally. Um, just go watch it. 
it's a it's a film that you know i don't want spoiled for you um but with that carmela do you want to give a little plot summary of the film triangle of sadness a cruise for the super rich sinks thus leaving survivors including a fashion model celebrity couple trapped on an island no not trapped on an <laughs> island whatever they're gonna do these rich people oh no help them please <laughs> <laughs> so i guess with that actually before i get into that um i found out by the outline that um one of the main actresses passed away pretty recently yeah. so just want to give a quick r.i.p um she was actually really fantastic in the film too so um yeah r.i.p thoughts prayers go to her family and everything like that um but yeah so i guess with that carmella <laughs> How did you feel about the film Triangle of Sadness when you got out of the theater? <laughs> I really liked it. I I was Okay, I I have a history of not liking satires, I think, just from the past from the past year, I think. And I I was like really hoping like, you know, I'd, I'll finally see a good one and I think this was a really good one and I really really enjoyed it and I would watch it again. Um, and doubly like coming from like the same director who directed a film, The Square, which I didn't really enjoy. And I think I was telling like you and Sophia, like I was comparing it as like, like this movie, the triangle of sadness was like, like if it was like food, it just tasted good. And it had all the right ingredients. The Square had like, you know, all the right ingredients, but it just wasn't cooked well. And I don't know, but yeah, this one was just, it was hilarious. I don't know if that's why I liked it more because I can definitely say the score wasn't that funny. Um, but yeah, it was really funny. The acting was great. I love the pacing of the movie. I loved how it was cut into three different acts. I love how I didn't know what the hell was gonna happen next. I love like how sometimes like in your face, like obviously comment, like commenting on like, something within our society but it wasn't like corny or cheesy about it it was like i don't know it it didn't feel like it was trying too hard to do that even though in hindsight when i think about it i'm like it was like so obviously attacking something that we all like are aware of but it was just funny it wasn't like annoying to hear it wasn't like something i'm like rolling my eyes at I was like really enjoying myself and so yeah I I just really enjoyed this movie I think it's something I definitely want to see again to like dive deeper into but yeah that's like first reaction um but yeah ah, dive deeper into because of the water I get it, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so what was your first reaction coming out of the theater because I feel like you had um I don't know you had a you're kind of in like a <laughs> deep thought mood. You were like, yeah, I was hmm. very much like trying to uh, dive deep even more. But yeah, I definitely was like thinking about it a lot more because um, my first reaction is obviously I did love it. I loved um, everything about it. The the smart satire, the comedy, the the commentary on a bunch of things actually, and the smart way of doing it, even though it's like very obvious that they're trying, they're saying something about it. They're very smart in a way that like 
makes sense for us to be like oh that's really funny that you like it's this commentary that it's, it's not like super like obvious of like yeah we hate rich people so we're gonna drown them kind of a thing it was more or less like <laughs> oh i come from this background of capitalism i come from this background of communism and the idea of those kind of working classes and then not only that too the idea of gender gender equality feminism class dynamics jobs value of labor wealth all of this stuff was kind of wrapped into this movie and commentated on all kind of at the same time and it was kind of like really fun to see smart writing in that aspect to be really funny about these i wouldn't say serious topics but topics that like are mundane boring that we hear a lot um they were able to have like very smart conversations about it whilst being hilarious about it and just having fun and leaving us on this ride on this yacht um but yeah i was in deep thought just because like the third act is kind of where i was like i kind of lost a little bit Mm -hmm. um it definitely lost like a couple points for me as regards to how much (laughs) i liked it um just because like i feel like the third act really really slowed it down really changed up the pacing and the feel of the film and um i don't know i didn't really enjoy it as much as like the first two acts not to say that third act was bad i just feel like it wasn't as strong as the two the the two first acts um but yeah you felt you felt good all around you liked the third act too, Carmela? <laughs> no i felt i felt the same way like i the third act to me definitely didn't give me as much of a high as the first two acts did but i honestly feel like like you know obviously that was intentional like I, I'm slowly learning that this director loves to punish his characters because they're always, like, these pretty, not awful people, but pretty unlikable, like, people. Um, and he always kinds of, kind of, like, puts them in a situation where they, like, totally fail and, like, just, like, he puts them in an awful situation, basically, at like, towards the end of the movie. So I don't know if there's, like, a formula going on, but... Um, that's what I kind of like learned to understand. So that third act, like to me became sort of like a, I I came to an understanding is what I'll say. I'm like, okay, like, yeah, these people were always meant to like, you know, come from like the top of the hill all the way down to the bottom kind of thing. Um, but yeah, definitely like weak weaker to me in that sense where i wasn't like having fun anymore i guess um but yeah to you like what is like what does a third act being weak mean to you was it like not having as much fun or like was it really just like a story thing or like a character thing interesting i guess we're gonna start with the third act wow <laughs> out of order whoa <laughs> disrupt the system <laughs> um <laughs> So for the third act for me, I think didn't have that aspect of, I guess, like dread and disaster. Like it, it kind of rolled along to be like just them surviving on the island. And obviously this act was mainly to be pointing out the idea of like the rich and the poor or whatever, kind of unifying and, and creating this atmosphere where they're all equal and creating this atmosphere in which they have a, a system in which they do labor for the whole camp and kind of pull their own weight essentially um at the same time too also commenting on the idea of like i worked for this this is mine and having that like again almost like that that commentary about wealth as regards to like uh in a i guess almost like a capitalist working society where she worked for her food and she gets the most of it apart from the people that like 
didn't do anything. They had to pull their weight too. And commenting on that whole idea of, of that kind of like class system of working and putting your weight in and actually getting something out of it, which uh, some would argue either communism or capitalism doesn't do that for them. Um, but yeah, I understood that like that sort of created that environment for that film to be putting everyone on an equal platform, putting them on a platform in which like things could happen without worrying about class or worrying about like if someone has more money than you or if they have to serve this person or not. Um, and it, it became a wake up, wake up call for, um, this, I forgot the, the boss girl's name. Um, uh, Paula. Yeah. The one that uh, was like kind of in charge of the, the yacht. Um, it kind of like kind of had this wake up call for her where someone who was a cleaner, like a toilet cleaner on the yacht became the highest person in this little clan they they formed and like it was also just like to set the differences between like in this area like in here in this stranded island i am the captain in the yacht where i am almost bottom of the barrel and, and constantly being worked as i'm the toilet toilet cleaner person but now that i have these abilities and skills that you all don't have and that I'm putting in this effort and obviously am more skilled at this than you guys are. I'm the captain. I'm not, I'm the top dog around here. And also she's Filipino, which is fantastic. <laughs> I was very surprised by the woo, presence woo, of Filipinos in this film. The labor class. Woo, let's go. <laughs> Literally so surprised. Cause I like, I was just watching it and I'd hear Tagalog. I was like, what? I was like, what's happening? <laughs> what? And what's then, not only Tagalog, not only Tagalog, but the accent, yeah. you know, like it was so funny. Like over there. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the captain wants this. Like, it was like, it was so funny. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> How come it feels like so familiar to me? Um, but yeah, she's someone that, um, is of higher power and sort of like flips the script. I get that. Like that third act was trying to set that up, but then it goes into this weird, like system of, um, Abigail, who's the, the captain and Carl, like kind of trading sex for food and that weird system of that and having that weird like i guess triangle whoa weird triangle of like yeah yeah carl and then abigail that sort of has this weird like energy between them because one is like trying to get food for the couple but also kind of likes her in a way like he didn't have a problem with having sex with abigail for this food but also like it seemed like there were some emotions that he kind of felt for her in a way it was very confusing and weird that like that sort of happened and that sort of dynamic was kind of like what threw me off whereas like we're watching this like crazy yacht sink and this crazy commentary of you know rich poor class systems and, and working societies stuff like that oh my god so crazy and then like kind of like slows down to be like oh we're all equal now we're all stranded on this island and we're all you know doing what we can to survive and this and that so like it's it's a halting stop as regards to like where the first and second acts were, and then yeah that's sort of where like I kind of have the problem with it where the pacing like kind of like drastically halts and sort of like creates this weird not even weird but creates a different environment in which I was used to as regards to the movie. Um, what about you? How do you feel about the third act and like how do you feel about like that weird triangle dynamic that they had towards <laughs> the end? I just have to say before I forget. Um, if you could visualize the pacing of this movie, it would look like a triangle. Whoa! 
Do you think that? Whoa! Do you think that was intentional? <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, whoa. Whoa! <laughs> uh, okay. Also, too, I want to. I you said you want to watch again. I also want to watch again too because you mentioned. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That there are triangles in the frame of the film of like in a lot different of different scenes and I. In a lot of frames, and I want to see if that's true. It I feel is like true. You're a liar. Why would I lie? <laughs> it feels about that. untrue. I'm just like uh, see, conspiracy I'm, theory. I'm hallucinating. <laughs> I know there's triangles everywhere. <laughs> what a great movie! Whoa. I love this movie. Um, wait, let me just preface this with something. I sometimes think about um, so like about the island and how like the character is like uh, like they're roles and jobs essentially like don't matter or actually the rich people's roles and jobs don't matter and the poor people's roles and jobs matter because they realized in a you know survival scenario what the rich people do like for jobs and in their industries don't equate to like any survival skills but abigail who knows how to clean cook and hunt apparently (laughs) Um, in a survival scenario, that puts her at the top of this, like, hierarchy. Um, and so it reminded me kind of, like, you know, The Walking Dead, where, like, people's, like, you know, like, their value basically becomes, like, their abilities. Like, what can you do? Like, what value are you going to bring into, like, the survival society? And then I think about myself and i'm like wow i'm like not rich and i'm not poor so i but i still don't contribute anything because i'm like i have no survival skills i can kind of cook but i feel like if this happened in real life i would be like neither at the top nor the bottom i would be like in the middle but i I feel like i'd be closer to the bottom just like what am i gonna contribute (laughs) like art like what honestly honestly though that's like majority of the population like obviously people do develop uh hunting skills survival skills stuff like that but in retrospect i feel like a lot more than just you are like in that headspace of like Oh, if we were ever in a stranded island, I'd be dead. Like everyone always has that conversation. Like, oh, what would you do? They're like, oh, probably like die. die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, they, yeah. They, there's no answer of like, oh, maybe we'll help out the society. There's like, no, I'm, I think I'm gonna die. I can't live without my body pillow at night. I can't sleep without my mo- memory foam mattress <laughs> <laughs> whilst listening to like four stories. Like, I feel like there's a lot more people that are in that position as well, including myself. I don't think I contribute to any sort of like island society. I'm not an island boy. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but yeah, which is like, I feel like why this dynamic worked for the third act, because you had like either two very extreme types of people. You had like the super insane rich and like a toilet cleaner. You didn't have really anyone in between. And if you did, I feel like it would obviously complicate the situation. But, um, but yeah, I do have to say, despite the third act feeling like the weakest, I think it was the most interesting because it did Whoa, it interesting. It did introduce all these different like, you know, scenarios and like role reversals that was were like set up in the first two acts and you kind of see like these payoffs in the end. Not payoffs, but like, you know, you see like a change in character or character development whether it be good or bad, but you do see a change and so I feel like that's why to me, it was probably the most interesting. The first and second were like, 
actually the second was the most exciting the first one was fine it was obviously like you know just setting things up setting up like the tone and the humor and the characters um but yeah what do you think like do you think the third act was more interesting or less interesting than the other acts for you that's so interesting i didn't i guess i didn't realize like the the payoff that the third act have um i don't know i think again the the problem with the third act is he kind of lost a lot of characters too that were kind of interesting like the whole dynamic of like what the russian guy having like a wife and a girlfriend um woody harrelson's character which was like a fantastic character and just really fun watching him oh wait become this like Shay brought up a really good point about why Woody Harrelson couldn't be in the third act. What is it? He was the captain. Abigail wouldn't ah, wouldn't have become captain. S- yeah, he had to sink with the ship too. Like, isn't yeah. that a thing? Like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, and Abigail wouldn't have been the captain. Interesting. I also just thought like they couldn't afford it for that long. Maybe they had that to save too. little money with <laughs> taking Woody Harrelson out. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of like like made it less interesting i think the more complex and more um fun parts of the third act were sort of the reversals of the the roles as regards to like the rich people kind of being put in their place and then the people down at the bottom kind of had a, a bigger uh, uh, a higher footing than them and then kind of like having the roles reverse as regards to like them working for her and and them kind of working together and having that kind of cute family bond they kind of had, like usually these kind of movies end with like, I'm going to kill you, you're taking all the food, blah, blah, blah. But it was more or less like an island just full of drama. Like, <laughs> just like who, who took who t- took the pretzel sticks? Oh, it wasn't me. Like it was like very like, very drama filled of like, oh, you didn't, huh? So you didn't eat the pretzel sticks that were in my backpack? Like, no, no, of course not. I was like, oh, well, I found these here. And it's just kind of like this weird, it's kind of like this funny like scenario in which like they're just being blamed for like their their flaws and the things that they do in, in a, a space that like is just that group. Um, but I don't know. I think the only thing that like really paid off for this third act was the ending where you have, like, I agree. Yeah. You have like the, the tension and the suspense of like Abigail trying to like, like lock down Carl, I guess you can say. <laughs> and like yeah. having that, like that evil captain moment of like killing the crewmate or killing someone that like doesn't deserve it essentially. Um, well, yeah, that's sort of where I'm at with like the third act, like not to say that's bad and not to say that like it ruined the movie, but definitely a slower pace and definitely the bottom of the triangle, I guess you could say if that's, that's the actual shape of it. Um, but yeah, I like, I just love the uh, ending as much too. Like, uh, I love that ending a lot too, just cause like one, that whole thing happens with Carl and Abigail um, and Yaya, but also too like they're literally <laughs> they're literally on a resort this whole time, and they found out that there's like civilization right next door, which makes this like whole third act kind of even funnier, where they where they're all like trying to survive, and it seemed like it was like for months, weeks maybe, but looks like months in which that they are living on this island and trying to figure out if they're gonna get help or not, um, and civilization is really like down the street from them, like down down the island from them. Um, and that part was just really funny too. And, and also very questioning too. Cause I could, like, I was also questioning the fact, like, is that real? Like, is that actually <laughs> there? Is that something like they're just seeing or hallucinating? Um, but yeah, that ending was really fantastic. And then the build up to that with the third act is, does make sense. As I got you saying the payout of this, 
this kind of slower burn into this like dramatic last half and and the ending of car running is like yeah yeah no yeah yeah like kind of like no like kind of running after it and like trying to stop this this thing from happening um well, I mean, I was talking about this, the ending too, with you guys about like how Yaya was like, I could help you, Abigail. You could be my assistant or something. <laughs> and I was like, bro, like, Yaya, you're, you're poor too. Like, you couldn't afford dinner. Like, there's no way in logistics, in your financial, you know, <laughs> your financial like advisor would not like let you have this assistant. You would not afford it. Um, but again, uh, another thing too that I didn't get to mention was that part too, the fact that like, even on this island, even that this like equal leveling of of environment, Yaya is still trying to demean someone like Abigail and trying to like essentially still remind her of the place that she's in. She's still a toilet cleaner. But Yaya kind of like reminds that and feels that fire for for one for her and, for, and two for me. I was like, oh, fuck. You <laughs> fucked up. Like, you fucked up. I was like, that's so funny. Like, yeah. I was so mad for Abigail because I was like, damn, how could you even say something like that? And, like, I can't believe that, like, you, someone that couldn't afford dinner, you know, can't afford an assistant probably, is trying to put that sort of, like, title and that placement for her. And I was like, oh, fuck. You fucked up. Because I was going to kill you for doing that. Like, I, I don't know. How did you feel about that ending part? How did you feel, like, did you react the same way as with regards to, like, oh, my God, I can't believe you said that. And, like, um, I guess on top of that, too, how do you, like, if she did die, how do you think the movie would go on? If she didn't die, how do you think the movie would go on? Damn. Um, yeah, I love the ending. I think the ending saved a lot of, like, points that were deducted from, like, you know, the, the like, slow burn aspect of, like, 100%, that, yeah. uh, that third yeah, act. Definitely rebounded. Yeah, 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 totally. I, it's, like, one of my favorite parts, honestly. I loved how, I love the reveal of, like, how they're on, like, a freaking luxury resort. I love, like, just, like, you, you just see this fucking, like, elevator, like, fucking built into a rock, and, like... In between, like, the beach in chairs In between the stuff. beach chairs, and you're like, oh, fuck. And literally, in that moment, the dynamic shifts, because in that moment, Yaya's like, yo, like, we're, we're... I'm saved. Like, I'm, like, basically... A rich person again like you're a poor person yeah, again. i'm i'm rich again i'm on top again. yeah like that's yeah and that's why she's like emboldened to say like oh abigail i don't know how to help you but you can be my assistant like she's like damn and abigail's and like you can tell abigail was like fucking bummed she was so fucking sad that they were like essentially saved because damn this was like the first time in her in her life she she's having it all you know she was training pretzels for cutie pie carl sex she was like <laughs> you know freaking like captain she was feeding her people and like damn i think it was like a mixture of like sadness but also anger oh totally like, totally she was crying and then she said that line like you could be my sister and the fear like the anger came back to her and like that's where like she kind of like seemed to pick back up to where she was about to do like what she was about to commit i think do you okay wait do you think abigail intended to kill yaya regardless of whether or not they came upon the luxury resort like do you think that was a plan regardless of what yeah. happened in the hike a part of me says yeah just because like the whole setup of it was like oh i'm gonna go talk to her alone i'm gonna have this hike with her um 
And of course, the ending shows that she kind of had this idea to do that. Uh, but a part of me kind of like wants to believe that she didn't necessarily have that on her mind because it didn't really seem like that was her her motive or her case. Like I guess like in the end they had to solve that sort of triangle of love, right? I think they had to figure out like who's gonna be the one that Carl's gonna be with or whatever, um, and sort of have that problem of like you can't obviously they all can't be together so that part of me like kind of you know figures out that's the motive of it but at the same time like abigail seems like that seems like she's that person but i don't know i feel like i think the the moment came up no no i think she actually did plan it actually now i think about it because it's like a long hike and then all of a sudden i need to go pee before we go into the the place where we're going to be saved kind of a thing um but yeah, what about you? Do you think she had that motive? I, well, it's really hard to 100%. tell. 100%. I 100%. <laughs> I for sure think she intended to kill on that hike. Because, like, why would she go with her? Why else would she go with Yaya secluded and alone? On top of that, Carl knew. He realized. He's like, oh, shit. Abigail's probably going to go kill Yaya. And that's why he's, like, running through the forest at the end, like, you know, cutting up his face on the branches because he freaking knows Abigail would kill to be with him. <laughs> I don't know. Abigail's, I don't know. She was like the only ruthless one because she like, you know, she was, she's not like lazy. She's not like, you know, she she would do anything to get on top basically. Ha, per se. Um, <laughs> 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 um yeah, like she, like any, if anyone on that island, it would be Abigail, because no one else, everyone else was like pretty complacent. They were like chilling, having a laugh, you know, having fun. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I did feel sad that Yaya was killed probably because the actress in real life had passed away because i knew that and i and like i was watching it and i was like no i that, i was like oh no like she's gonna pass and then yeah it was sad um i guess with that too like if so say abigail kills her or doesn't kill her where do you think i guess where do you think that pathway is gonna go as regards of the movie and as regards to like i guess in real life what would happen if Abigail did murder this person or also in the movie, like how would that change the dynamic of her and Carl? Like, what do you think would happen if the actions she did in the movie affected, you know, just affected the whole scenario and say that like the movie is a little bit longer because of that action. What do you think would happen? Wait, is this before or after they find the luxury resort? This is like the part where it's supposed to end. We're like, oh. we don't know if she gets killed or not. Like, if she gets killed, what do you think happens? If she doesn't get killed, what do you think? What do you think happens after that? I mean, I feel like, ooh, I'm like, would Carl fight Abigail if he if he got to the bodies or if he got to Yaya's body, saw her dead? Abigail would probably be like, oh, I didn't do it, or like she attacked me first. I, I don't think Carl would fight, honestly. It's Carl. <laughs> like, he would not fight. If anything, I feel like Abigail would beat him. But I don't know. I feel like it would result in a f either a fight between Carl and Abigail in that moment. Abigail probably winning. And then 
going up to the resort. Oh, no, she would dispose of their bodies because she's smart. And then she'd go up to the resort and be saved. Interesting. How How is she going to explain those two dead bodies? Like, blood on her. Like, how is she going to explain that? Oh, I wonder if she'd change her clothes. I don't know. Abigail is smart and resourceful, so I feel like she would just, like, get away with it, honestly. What do you think? Or what? Is, what's your prediction? Carmela's really rooting for Abigail, the now murderer <laughs> in this story. <laughs> <laughs> for the tita. For tita Abigail. For tita Abigail, let's go. Ma'am, sir. Um, okay, so if she does kill Ab... She kills if she does kill yeah yeah, Carl is gonna find her, um, and it's gonna have that like weird moment that like movies have where like the the jealous girlfriend kills the side piece or whatever the side piece kills the girlfriend, and then the guy finds out and they're like I did this for you <laughs> I did this for us like had I've had that scene uh, you know? okay. like, oh my god she was and hysterical gonna be like, yeah yeah exactly and then like Carl's gonna have a moment of like freaking out and then. That's sort of where I don't know where it's gonna go. I think there's two re- two ways. Like obviously freaks out, um, and then I guess like runs away or does whatever. Actually, three ways. So freaks out, runs away, does whatever. Um, second outcome is that like he's okay with it. No way. He tries way. to help Abigail with with you think what? you think he'd be okay with Yaya being murdered? Maybe. No maybe. way. Okay. Okay. You don't think so? Oh, they had I, some sort of relationship, I, right? It, I feel like Abigail, he had some sort of investment. If Abigail like lied to him really well, he would believe it and be okay with it. That's true. Yeah, Abigail. Like she tried to kill him. Yeah. She said she was jealous. Yeah, Ooh, yeah Abigail. Go. Let's go, <laughs> Abigail. <laughs> She's still winning. So that's the second outcome. The second outcome. Um, actually, there's four outcomes. Just kidding. I'm like thinking about these outcomes. Third outcome is that he freaks out, um, and like Abigail is not able to console him or calm him down, and then she kills him too. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's the third third outcome. Fourth outcome, um, he sees her what she did. Abigail's also kind of freaking out. He's freaking out, and then altogether. Carl, not altogether, but Carl runs away, goes to the resort, reports Abigail. Abigail goes to jail for murder. That's like the boring one, but Carl's good at complaining, I so I could see that happening. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we all saw. We all saw the consequences. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's sort of where I see it going after that. If if there was a sequel, that was like five minutes later. That's what it would happen. Um, but you know, let's rewind back. We, we got two out of ourselves. Went straight yeah. to the third act. <laughs> How did you feel about the first act, the introduction with this couple, and then all together getting on the yacht with him, with them? I I really enjoyed that part with um, Carl, like you know, auditioning for uh, the show, being meeting all the models, and like you know, kind of giving us a window of like satire into that world. Um, you know, the from the trailer, like the happy brand the sad happy brand. brand balenciaga <laughs> h&m balenciaga seeing how true it is and you're like yeah this is the angrier you are like you you're looking down on the consumers of this brand um yeah i don't know it was just it was just very entertaining and so true and you're like yep this is it this is our world uh i really enjoy 
uh, Yaya and Carl's like really stupid like couple argument dynamic over the check. They're both obviously like so passive aggressive, especially I don't know. They're both passive aggressive in like different ways. Carl is like really good at like you know poking, and then Yaya is really good at deflecting. She's like, no, no, I didn't. Like I I didn't see him. Like no, <laughs> like like oh like like thank you like thanks for without like saying thanks for paying for my meal um (laughs) exactly without saying yeah without saying like oh i can't afford it um yeah really enjoyed that fight like it was just i don't know something about that stupid fight like was entertaining to watch it wasn't like it was annoying but still entertaining it's this whole movie it was just so funny um Shout out to that elevator scene. That was amazing. Ooh, yeah, I was going to say, I hope you mentioned that. That's so <laughs> <yeah>. funny. <laughs> of course, yeah. No, literally the first act is Yaya and Carl fighting. Like, that's literally the first act, which is really funny to say out loud and realize. Um, yeah, there's an amazing bit with an elevator opening and closing. And eventually we figure out, like, you know, their couple dynamic, like, what they're kind of in for in this relationship, like what they can and can't afford per se. And we figure out like, they're not super rich. They're just like very beautiful people who are like trying to make it big, but um, it kind of like gives you also a window into like the influencer world, like where they're like, oh yeah, like we're not rich. We just get free shit, basically. We're just like, you know, getting stuff for, like, posting and, like, being beautiful and engaging with, like, followers and stuff or whatever, which is, like, a very, like, watered-down reality of, like, or a watered-down version of what reality is, like, definitely, um, and for sure one-sided, but it's an entertaining window, (laughs) like, it's an entertaining, like, watered-down version, um, but yeah, so I enjoyed the first act a lot. I think it was a great opener, honestly. But yeah, what did you think? Like, just this opening sequence, like, with the Balenciaga all the way down to, like, the elevator scene. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, seeing the trailer was hilarious. And, like, seeing them point that out was really funny. But also, like, what the trailer didn't show, obviously, was the guy that's interviewing everyone, where this guy is, like, blatantly, like, telling them the flaws of what they're doing which is really funny like in a joking way in which they don't even realize they're just like oh yeah <laughs> Whereas, like, oh, you, are you like are you happy to be the face of a capitalist thing and then they're like yeah <laughs> like just laugh it off and I have this like weird i like it was very fast but like i was kind of picking it up where like this guy was just like making fun of their like lifestyles and how it's poisonous to like society in their fa- like in front of their face and they're just kind of like laughing it off um but yeah then like obviously it goes into the the relationship dynamic um the the check and then the idea of them like oh i'm here for the likes i'm actually i'm actually here for the love because i do like you oh i'm gonna make this weird bet that kind of doesn't get paid off paid off at the end weirdly enough but um yeah that's like the introduction to the movie essentially and then obviously it ramps up to the yacht and ramps up to that whole scene of like how the couple's doing on that yacht um and then just sort of going into the second act but i gotta like now that i'm like kind of uh seeing it outside looking in this movie uh and obviously too like we're already kind of talking about it but i think the writing of this film is like 
actually pretty like impeccable honestly like i think that's why like the third act even though it's very slow still did a lot like we were talking about the third act for a long time obviously and then we we were also just kind of praising it too and and the first act too this introduction this pilot into the film was very fantastic just seeing this couple dynamics seeing how they react seeing what's going to happen in 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 their sort of relationship um but sort of touching upon like the second act the idea of having Woody Harrelson in the captain quarters for a long time and then bringing him out was so interesting because it's it's like a it's an interesting like look at this like very very rich structure this ginormous yacht ran by these people that like are ride or die like servers and then you have the captain who's at the top sort of being this like lazy drunk uh absent and coherent captain and it's kind of like a commentary again of like modern society where you have this face of this company this person that's on top that's just doing whatever but you have all these like lackeys and minions on the bottom essentially doing all the work and not being recognized for it like you're the captain you got to tell them this you're the captain you got to show up and show your face and show like who's who's manning this area who's manning this yacht um but yeah it's just so interesting to think about it outside looking in obviously like we already commenting it but i really want to like say it because i feel like that's why like we love we love this movie and why i assumed it won the palm dior because of that and just because of the overall film but um yeah just sort of that whole introduction um like it's it's interesting because a lot of not a lot is happening but a lot is happening at the same time where we're just watching the development of everything happen um and then of course uh one of my favorite parts of the film was the second act which includes like just the overall downfall of the rich overall downfall of the yacht and the stupid higher ups there ah (laughs) but yeah the second act obviously like was probably the highest point in the film of the triangle as you say (laughs) um but yeah how did you feel about that how do you feel about the second act and this crazy crazy ride that we went on in this film it was really fun It, it introduces like so many more characters and introduces like you know the crew um the people below like the outward facing crew like the engine people the toilet the toilet crew abigail for a brief moment asking if you know she can clean carl and yaya's room and they're just basically like get like fuck off like uh um introduces like the captain the russian guy the russian couple the war criminals selling hand grenades for a living. Um, so much. There was just so much in the second act. On top of that, it's like, you know, it's going over the course of like a couple days and like leading up to this uh, captain's dinner, which is set during like a severe storm, ending in like, you know, everything, or ending in the part we all wanted to see from the trailer, which was everyone vomiting and like, you know, rolling around in their own like filth. Um, and it was fantastic. <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> Honestly, dude, it really was, man. Also, like, <laughs> disgustingly beautiful where like i'm like having fun with it but i was like oh god Dude, yeah <laughs> you're like ah, <laughs> i'm having a hard time having fun um i think someone's like letterbox review was like i didn't think i'd even con- i'd have to consider using the vo- the vomit promotional bag oh yeah i saw that, one. that one's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> um 
But yeah, there is just so much in the second act. I like how it shifted the focus away from Carl and Yaya and onto these other characters. Um, but Yaya and Carl still felt like important. They were kind of like, you know, the in for the audience, like the first person point of view for the audience. But it was just like so fun to see all these different dynamics, especially with like the Russian guy and his like two wives or whatever. Um, and you learn all these different industries that the super rich are a part of. There was like the developer, the the Russian guy who sold fertilizer, the old English couple who sold like weapons basically for like a really long time, like since World War One or two. Um, and yeah, it was just like it was just fun. And like I think. I'm realizing now, like, why I probably, like, enjoyed this movie as a satire was because it just kind of, like, revealed all of these flaws and all of these things about, like, things we're all already familiar with, like, these rich and poor dynamics, these, like, industries, this, like, you know, and it's just pointing and laughing at them, essentially. Like, you have this crescendo of, like, shit and vomit, and you're just, like, having a great time, but also, like, fighting your body to not shit and vomit, too, and you're like, oh my god, I'm having so much fun, but I'm so disgusted at the same time at my, at, like, these people and at what's happening on screen, um, but it was just such a great, like, I don't know, like, visual metaphor, I guess, of, like, not necessarily eat the rich, it's mostly, like, throw up the rich, I guess, but... Yeah, I I just love the second act so much, and I know you did too. And I know I missed some parts, but I I hope you can cover the rest with like Woody Harrelson. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what did what did you like most about the second part? I guess. Oh man, yeah, the second act was like obviously there's a lot going on, and I like the idea of you actually liking the satire because it's almost like almost fulfilling seeing these like terrible rich people get what they deserve which is like their own feces and own throw up and things of that nature from their own doing from making the the chefs and cooks go swimming because they want them to live in the moment because they think they're doing this like favor for them um and they actually have to face the repercussions of their like stupid stupid idea um and it's just really satisfying to see that and we all know too like from the, the second act what they do how these people are how they act um and like it's it was funny too because the developer guy didn't really have anything bad happening to him like he wasn't necessarily a bad person other than the fact that he's rich but he was a, <laughs> this weird guy that didn't know how to act human and i think that's like a very fantastic representation of a lot of rich people um they just kind of like were like oh can you like take a picture of me and he's like just holding his beer up and having this it's awkward like smile. socially and, like, awkward a little, yeah. Yeah, socially awkward, like, not inept, even though he's this dude that's, like, super-duper rich. He wants to have these pictures to, kind of, I guess, I'm assuming to show off or show someone. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just really funny to see all that, and especially, like, like you said, with finding out all these different characters and their motives and what they do for a living and seeing them, how they die or how they, you know face their repercussions stuff like that um but yeah it's it it was a funny dynamic with the russian guy and then also woody harrelson because of their two differing viewpoints and not that like any of those viewpoints were leaning towards one like they it seemed like they kind of had this balance as regards to like 
these weird working societies and how they work and how one person prefers the other, how, how they're both very obsessed with these like philosophers, historical figures and people that say these things that represent capitalism or communism. And I feel, I feel like the Russian guy was bringing up like terrible people, but <laughs> I guess, I guess that's sort of like he's bringing up like Reagan and like John F. Kennedy and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. I like, mean, we're kind of bad at history. <laughs> there, I said there was no balance, but at the same time, like he read into it. It's kind of like has that, a different leaning side um wait can we can, but yeah. can we just talk about how ironic and i love that scene i love that scene because it's like these two rich guys like arguing about like not arguing but like comparing these two different ideologies that affect the working class mostly and it's like these two dudes that are just like puffing up like you know like oh yeah i believe in this one like oh i believe in this one and it's like this doesn't even like touch these guys or like these beliefs don't even like you know like won't even like or it's gonna benefit them only in a way where like obviously like they're both profiting or whatever and it's like these like ideologies like um what's it called like originated from like a working class perspective but it's like these two super rich dudes who are wearing it like 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 a piece of clothing they're like oh yeah i believe in this like oh let's hear what i like let's hear what i wrote like this is like this is gonna be really cool like listen to this oh yeah i forgot they did that they had like (laughs) like listen to what i wrote like focus on my mom Uh, it's funny i'm not sure if the captain is rich i don't know if he like he, if he's actually like the owner of it, I don't know how captains work. I think that's the yacht. He, but. he like briefly said something about like owning the super yacht. It was oh, it was like in his okay, office. Okay. He's like he was aware of like the irony too. He's like, oh yeah, like I believe in this stuff, but here I am, I'm rich too. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he did say that. I remember that. Um, but yeah, that that scene was kind of funny. As a or those scenes are kind of funny. Just him them arguing and having this like gratuitous moment of being super drunk and playing with the, the intercom and scaring the people as they're already already miserable miserable um but it's really interesting because a lot of the things they said to each other like kind of set up for what was next as regards to like the movie so they kind of just said quotes to each other uh one of my favorites was like the last capitalist will hang it will be the person that sold us the rope which ironically kind of happened with the people in the grenades where like mm they the to the couple the the arms dealer people <laughs> found this grenade he's like oh isn't this ours and then he's like what he's like, oh shit and they blow up which is fantastic <laughs> very funny very like on the nose but so fantastic to watch um and then those sort of ideas that they're passing around each other kind of like translated to the third act where like you kind of have to work for what you want and like the top person that makes whatever 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 those ideologies they said in those quotes kind of set up for the next the next act and sort of reflected onto what like was happening and stuff like that um but yeah like the second act just went so crazy and even like the part where we see the pirates come was just so like crazy where he's like oh don't forget the hand grenade <laughs> and then, like we're like oh we're not, we know what's gonna happen now we know exactly what's gonna happen um it was, yeah and just seeing like the craziness that happened in the second neck was just a fun ride to see the throwing up the pirates going <laughs> on the boat the people dying from their own weapons and then woody harrelson and and the russian guy arguing and also having fun with each other and then 
playing with the intercom like the ship is sinking the ship is sinking ah it's not sinking and they're already like in like life preservers and stuff like that um it was just so funny to see everything come together and see everything like fall into that piece which is that second act and sort of make the point of the triangle where it's the highest point ever and then it's getting ready for that sort of decline um but yeah, the second act was so good, and I'm glad we we ironically le- made the best act for last. Yeah, I know. <laughs> three, one, two. But yeah, um, I guess I have a question for you since you watched the square, which is uh, Palm Dior winner. How do you feel about this movie winning the Palm Dior? Oh, thanks for asking, because I was gonna talk about this. Okay, so <laughs> this movie. Thanks for asking. I was gonna tell you anyway. <laughs> Thanks for asking. I already thought of this. Um, okay, so this pre- this movie premiered at the Cannes Film Festival, which is a super exclusive film festival that only the top of the top attend, the rich of the rich of this industry. And how ironic is it mm-hmm. that they awarded mm-hmm. this movie the palm door mm-hmm. i just like keep talking yep preach it's preach. just so funny speak, sister, like speak. <laughs> it's like a joke like i wonder if this director purposely makes these movies because the square also kind of ridicules the rich just in a different um area of society it's making fun of rich art people <laughs> and so I'm like, does he make these movies to make fun of the people who are gonna see it, like, first, and then they give him an award for it? Like, how funny is that? I don't... That is very funny. Very ironic, too. Yeah, right. But I think, like, a lot of this, these things kind of happen, especially with commentaries about, like... Oh, can we talk about like Squid Games? Systems. Can we please talk yeah, about Squid Games? there's that. There's also, I think, like... I forgot who it was. It was, like, Jeff Bezos or someone. Someone really higher up and rich their favorite movie was like parasite or something of <laughs> yeah. like that year yeah like the ironies of it is so fascinating but you could talk about squid game um okay so squid game is a tv show i don't know who wouldn't know about this but i'm just gonna yeah honestly i was like why are you explaining i'm this? gonna like, summarize <laughs> it anyway as best as i can just to preface um yeah it's a tv show about a group of contestants who are in desperate need of an absurd amount of money because they are in really bad situations essentially financially and they are desperate enough to kill for this money um in like a survival game show style scenario um and the winner takes everything home and you're essentially motivated to kill the other players because they are also worth the money that you're about to win in the end and netflix creates a game show based on squid game where contestants can compete for money and i'm like did you not did we not get what the show like it was just yeah it, like if you feed something <laughs> if you feed uh, anything into the capitalist machine it's gonna come out like the same in the end no matter what the message will is in the beginning it's gonna it's always gonna come out like badly or not badly it's always gonna come out as like profit no matter if you're like yeah. making fun of it or commentating <laughs> on it or whatever. So to comment on that too, like Mr. Beast, which is like one of the richest YouTubers or whatever, did the same exact thing where he made a squid game and like gave the money to whoever could win at the end, Dude. which is like so weird. So, weird. so, I, so ironic. Like it's so, 
it's so like dystopian almost. It is, honestly. and I was so weirded out with like this Squid Game real life installations, like marketing installations around LA. I was like super weirded out by it, and like people were going, and I was just like, this is so weird to celebrate. Like, hey, I went to that. I went to one of those. <laughs> that's it. Was so weird. Like, I was it cool to see in real life though. <laughs> it was like it was all right it wasn't as bad as you're portraying it it's literally just like some people in suits walk around you can play the game with them we got free burgers we took some pictures the giant doll was there and they had like actors dressing up as like people in squid game but yeah it was, yeah, it was about okay. it go on about him winning the palm d'Or again. <sighs> Anyways, yeah, so I don't know if this guy, Ruben Oslin, is, like, just releasing these hits, like, year by year, winning, like, I don't know, like, pointing the finger back at, like, these people that are about to, like, watch his movie and then him getting an award for it. I don't know if that's his, like, ultimate plan, but it's working and it's really funny and we see you and we're fans. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we see you even if you're joking or not joking we still are watching your movies by the way um but yeah it's interesting that this movie won the palm dior i don't know what else was nominated or whatever um but it's fascinating just like kind of comparing and contrasting like different movies that won before um well yeah like you said it's really funny to have like this movie about like rich people exclusivity and and the higher-ups and and being on the top of the podium whilst making a movie making fun of exactly that um but yeah it's just funny and i'm also like i also don't have a problem with him winning the palm dior and i'm also like i really love this movie so it's like sick go ahead do whatever you want it seems like he's actually honing his craft now if if you watch the square didn't like it but now he kind of is at a level where it's at a satire that we like and we both appreciate i mean so hopefully don't get me wrong like the square is like it has a following it's like beloved by a lot of people i just it was just not my jam like i right yeah yeah. yeah, of course sorry go on but i mean like even it for someone that hates satire and hates like true his directing specifically it's interesting to see that you have there's a movie that like he in the past that you don't like but now obviously you turned out and and like this one now um but speaking of directing and writing movies oh my gosh (laughs) um maybe we could redirect or rewrite this movie in the rewriter's corner carmela is there anything you want to change about the movie triangle of sadness oh man hmm there is something i would change i feel like you would change the same thing possibly I don't know to what, though. I am going to be thinking on the fly currently. But I don't know. I'm like, okay, so the part with Abigail essentially extorting Carl for sex and giving him food was weird to me. And it made me very uncomfortable during that time until, like, towards the end where we see that Carl and Abigail it's like we see it's like kind of consensual and you're like okay but regardless like I want to take away that uncomfortable feeling I had like from the previous 15 minutes that was happening and I'm like trying to think I'm like I don't know how I'm like 
I, I, I understand yeah. why it happened, like, to set up the mm-hmm. dynamic, like, the triangle or whatever, but... And in, like, an... Ex- kind of an extreme way, and and it's also bringing full circle, like, Carl's whole thing about, like, equality and, like, you know, like, we don't have to submit to gender roles, like, in this relationship, like, blah, blah, blah. Um, and kind of, like, you know, revealing Carl for who he is, and he's just a guy who didn't want to do anything. <laughs> he didn't want to do any work, and he just wanted, uh, you know, a sugar mama, essentially, and he was totally fine with that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what the solve is there. Like, yeah, it's hard to replace something that was so like important for yeah. that, that act to keep going. <laughs> but yeah, like I, if I would change anything, I'd change something about that part because it made me uncomfortable. But maybe that was a point, probably. But how do you? What about you? Like. I, I don't know if you you would wow. rewrite this part, but I feel like so you would. So selfish of you to change. So, <laughs> so selfish of you to change something so small for your <laughs> comfortability. Wow, about a movie about. Just kidding. Um, no, I get it. I think it was because I think the parts I want to rewrite is essentially just like kind of the third act. Even though I don't have that big of a problem with it, but I think the part that I would rewrite or change would be the third act. Um, whether it be like the Carl and Abigail thing, I'm not entirely sure. Um, one thing I was kind of thinking about, and I obviously don't know where it's going to go after that, but one thing I was thinking about was if it stayed on the yacht, if it didn't like go onto this crazy island resort, it'd be cool to see it like stay on the yacht and sort of um, try and create that dynamic in which like the pirates kind of shake everything up. They may leave or may not leave, and obviously they're going to murder people or kill people. Um, and maybe that's the way they sort of shake up the dynamic of like the rich and the poor or the working class. Um, I think it just, it'd be a funner environment to play with, uh, just having this giant yacht that has these different rooms and stuff like that. Um, but at the same time too, now I'm thinking about it, it's too big to like contain that sort of story. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like if I had to change anything, it would be definitely the third act. Not to say that it was weak or anything, but to say that like it needed a little more push to sort of keep up with um, the sort of the the sort of triangle it was creating. Um, I did, I think it needs like a higher a pusher, like a a faster push, and like have it gain more momentum quickly as regards to like what happens at the end. Um, I guess one last question for you, Carmela. Do you relate at all at your current job of having that higher up person essentially doing nothing at the top while you work? Do you feel any sort of relatability <laughs> with the film? I know you were also very much like, oh, yeah, they got what they deserve. They're kind of like, you know, how did you feel about that? Did you feel any relatability with the movie? Um, you know, you just speak your mind. I'm you know? trying to, you trying you to spill some tea right now or something. <laughs> Oh my god! I, I don't know. It's a, a question. I can't wait to ask you this question, though. Um, wow, not at my current job because I'm remote. Oh, good one, good not one. Not at my current nice. job. Way to save yourself. <laughs> well, no, on, I mean honestly, give her a raise. <laughs> give me a raise, Accenture. Um, no, but I'm remote, so I don't like see. I don't see it in like real life or in an office or anything. And I don't feel it 
so that's great like i'm like totally away from all of those dynamics um but at my old jobs yeah hell yeah um i i'll just say that i definitely related to that scenario due to some past experiences um and that's all i'll say you know that's all i'm gonna say what are their names? <laughs> the company, what company was it? Uh, but yeah, what about you, Josh? Do you relate at all at your current job of having <laughs> that higher up person essentially just at the top whilst oh, you man. work? The very much too, you said, current job? <laughs> um, yes, I've actually felt this a lot. I mean, I haven't had that much jobs, but... Um, wherever I work essentially I feel like I had that experience in which like I feel like the higher up person or the owner the whatever the CEO kind of gets more of the credit than like the people working at the bottom Mm -hmm. and making things more alive like I think my last job I didn't see the higher ups at all or I didn't see anyone that like essentially owned the company but I felt like we were doing all this work and they're pretty much like the puppet masters are like, oh, we're going to give you this much money or we're going to like put more budget into your marketing or put more budget into your guys' sales team and stuff like that. It was a weird like, it was a weird like, um, like ghost of power. Yeah. Like, I knew that there was someone It's like an invisible hand. Sh- yeah. Yeah. And like, I may have seen him once or twice, um, but I never actually saw him and, or like actually understood his mindset as regards to like, you know giving us more help as regards to marketing or more help as regards to like the sales team or, or recognition for that because th- for some reason uh the company i worked at like split up the american sector and then their sector so like this giant headquarters in china would still have business in america and we would also be in america being the american sector so it was like two channels of the same thing at once which didn't make any sense it just seemed like they wanted more money. It sounds really big. Like pipeline. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? It's really weird. Um, now, my current job, I do feel that as well. Just like... No way. <laughs> <laughs> just because essentially it's a very... It's a pretty small company right now to start up. Um, you had like the opposite experience. That's crazy. It's like... What do you mean? Your pa- oh, yeah, yeah, It's yeah, like yeah, this yeah. invisible like big... big, big like big company, company but the, now you yeah. have like this very visible like smaller exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like in this in this scenario too it's very much the opposite where like i see this person all the time we have events and stuff and like we have events and stuff and obviously like there's a dj or whatever mc and they're they're always like let's go for n- for creating n- yeah. dang dropping everything I the name. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like bleep <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. We, <laughs> What's his LinkedIn profile? Oh my god. I know. I know. What's his last name? <laughs> so we'll have these parties and of course there'll be a DJ or like a, a host or something that'll be like, give it up for for making redacted and we're all kinda like we're also working that same event where that DJ's yeah. like announcing it. We're all working No it shout out for you. As yeah, as like not even our title, but as workers for that event. Like we have to like clean things up. We have to do things and it's like we're all just like standing like, damn, shout out to <laughs> huh? Like it's like damn. Yeah, right. He's they they are doing all of this, huh? That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy, <laughs> Um But yeah. 
and I'm sure like obviously not only us but I get the audience and everyone else I'm sure that's very obviously a thing that they also relate to because I we live in a society in which that, that happens a lot mm-hmm. um which did you prefer interesting that's a good question um I think definitely the ghost hand of power I feel like yeah it was more comforting to know that like yeah he's up there <laughs> Like a god. (laughs) He's up there there somewhere. (laughs) But he's also not like intervening with me personally Mm -hmm. or like has that hand on me personally. I think the con with that though is like not being able to express my problems to that person and and translating that to, you know, to to my position or to my field because it's like he doesn't have, or he does have the power to do something, but it's not like he even cares, right? It's like why... He'd go to like the, my supervisor, and be like, "Why is this guy talking to me? Why is this guy complaining to me when he could complain to you?" Um, but yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think I, I would just more or less assume the the ghost hand of of power than, <laughs> than actually seeing rejected in real life. Um, but yeah, with that, this has been our episode on the new film Triangle of Sadness. Interesting commentary on class, economy socialism whatever socialism communism <laughs> capitalism gender equality feminism all these topics into one movie all this is like f- these very interesting uh commentary on it very fun to watch shout out to ruben Oslund, fantastic film congratulations on the palm dior uh excited to see all your other films i i do want to watch force major as well um i'm also just excited to see what he has in the future let's see if he can do a three-peat with the palm diors i think he's like one of the few to get two, right? Like he's. I think so. That's like kind of rare. Yeah. Um, but yeah, super excited. Fun movie. Great watch. Hope to see more. Um, and, and I'm very interested to see his uh, outlook on what we've been talking about. Like, <laughs> you know, the social classes and stuff like that. Because he's participating in it, but also making fun of it. So it's kind of interesting to see if he's aware of that he's like making fun of the people that watch his film. I don't know. Of course, different episode. Totally Shout aware. out, Ruben, if you wanna if you wanna come on talk about this. Clear, some, <laughs> clear the air if you want. <laughs> clear the air. I do. Tag him. Tag him. I know. Tag him. Question him. Um, but yeah, with that, this has been our episode of Triangle Sadness. My name is Josh Landicho, and you can follow me on Instagram at the Space Wolf. And I'm Carmel, and you can follow me at Cat Malau. And you can follow Watch With Sound on Instagram at Watch With Sound along listening to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, and Anchor. And if any of those apps have the option to like, comment, subscribe, retweet, repost, or whatever that may be, that would help us a lot as well. Especially on social media, Twitter, Instagram, uh, same handle. That would help us a lot as regards to the algorithm and all that you know weird voodoo that social media does. Um, and if you guys do that already, we see you and we thank you so much. We appreciate you. We also have a program on Anchor Call Listener Supporter. We'll just subscribe at any dollar amount. Only if you're willing and able to, of course. That helps a lot as well. Um, but with that, thank you all for listening, everybody. And keep on watching for the invisible hand of God capitalism <laughs> controlling your lives and what you do. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs>